The Sacramento Kings and Golden State Warriors full playoff schedule is out. And today at Kings practice, we had some interesting comments from a couple players and head coach Mike Brown, including DeMontis Sabonis talking about the pressure or lack thereof on the Sacramento Kings in this return to the playoffs. We're three days away from Kings and Warriors. Time to turn up the heat right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all postseason long. Boy, that feels so good to say. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being the perfect fit. Same thing with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check mark. Stay in the game with eBay guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. I'm recording in my uh, my corner office here at the ABC 10 studios. Got back here uh, and handling newscasts on this Wednesday night uh, after attending Sacramento Kings practice. And you're going to see some footage from practice uh, and hear some comments in a little bit. Also on today's show, it's a longer one uh, because earlier this week, I was joined in studio by my colleagues here at ABC 10, my partner in sports, uh, Kevin John, and then Walt Gray, who's one of our lead anchors here. And he's worked in sports and worked in news in Sacramento for a very long time since the 80s. So uh, he's very familiar with the Kings, very familiar with uh, their background and what the Kings mean to the city. So the three of us had a a long extended conversation uh, in our studio just about this Sacramento Kings series, previewing the series, sharing our opinions and thoughts on a wide variety of subjects around uh, this Kings versus Warriors series. Uh, So I hope you'll stick around and enjoy that. Before we get to that, let's talk about uh, Kings practice today. The first thing I noticed right away uh, is, first off, they let us see absolutely nothing. Normally we get into the very tail end and we can see maybe the end of some scrimmages or the very, very tail end of anything that they're working on. We got there and it was just free throw drills that they do to end practice. We got there literally right as they were meeting together in the, uh, at the center court after their kind of team meeting uh, at the end of practice to uh, dab everybody up and, and, and to come together, basically say one, two, three, go Kings or one, two, three together. And then they split off to their individual layup or free throw work. And then they dip, they're done. We got there right as the scrum was finishing or that get a gathering that huddle uh, was finishing. We saw nothing. Mike Brown and the rest of the Kings coaching staff are keeping everything under wraps, which is understandable going into uh, this playoff series with the Golden State Warriors, but still we were able to kind of get the vibes of the place. And typically you'll hear like music bumping or, uh, or things like that. It was a quiet gym. This team was clearly focused. However, the attitude was jovial. It was relaxed. It was calm. It was ready. Um, you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at these guys that they were about to go into a a, a massive playoff series. And a lot of that uh, has to do with the comments of DeMontis Sabonis that I'm about to play for you here in just a second. This Kings team is not operating like there is any pressure on them. Uh, and that's what DeMontis Sabonis told us at the press conferences today. No pressure at all. You know, um, we're ready. You know, we're doing our job. We're going we're gonna to treat it just like we did uh, st- starting a training camp, you know. We all believe in each other. We all trust in each other. So we we just got to go and play our game. Compared to the Golden State Warriors, I agree. There is not really pressure on the Sacramento Kings in in that sense. The all expectations are that the Warriors, being the defending champions, should knock off the Sacramento Kings in their first time back in the playoffs. However, I do think there is a little bit of pressure on the Sacramento Kings in the sense that 
You want to show that you weren't just a fluke. You want to show that you belong. Uh, like if, if the Kings were to lose this uh, this series to the Golden State Warriors, even if it is expected, I would want to go into the offseason knowing, okay, the Kings clearly belong here. Like think back to when at the beginning of the Weber era, uh, the Sacramento Kings started their playoffs and, and, and took on the Utah Jazz. They lost that series to the Jazz, but we left that series going, okay, the Kings belong here, right? And over the next few years, of course, they built into that uh, juggernaut in the Western Conference that should have, but didn't win an NBA uh, championship. So I want that same feeling leaving this uh, this series, win or lose, that the Sacramento Kings absolutely belong here. So I think there's that pressure, plus the pressure of you don't want to be swept uh, when you have home court advantage in that opening round. But I don't think uh, these Kings are too concerned by it. Uh, we also spoke with uh, Mike Brown. I'm going to play another uh, DeMontis Sabonis clip for you in a second. But we also spoke with Mike Brown, and I, I asked him about uh, establishing a Northern California rivalry uh, with the uh, the Golden State Warriors and what that would mean for the NBA. First of all, I'm not sure if it's a rivalry yet, you, you know, but you know, but uh, if 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 it can end up being that, then fantastic. I think uh, I think rivalries are great in, in any uh, competition out there. You know, it, it, it adds extra juice to the uh, whole environment or atmosphere whenever uh, two teams uh, play each other. So uh, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I don't I, I wouldn't say it's quite there yet, but uh, if it does get there, it'd be awesome. Demonte Sabonis uh, dropped an interesting line. I asked Demonte Sabonis about Keegan Murray and I was just going into it trying to figure out like, are they trying to simplify things for Keegan? Because he's he's a rookie and he's a starter on a playoff team with expectations on their shoulders. Like, that's not an easy position for a rookie to be in. But the reason why I'm playing this clip is because DeMontis Sabonis drops a really interesting line in the middle of it that I will talk about on the other side. But let's see if you catch it. You know, there's going to be a lot of people talking to him, you know, um, a lot of stuff. You know, he's going to be guarding one of the best players in the league, you know, um, and just it's a it's a team. It's a team defensive effort, you know, and uh, we all got to be, uh, be there for him. He's going to be guarding one of the best players in the league. Did you catch that? People are trying to connect the dots and figure out who that player is. Steph Curry makes the most sense in terms of one of the best players in the league. He's certainly the best player on that team. But would Keegan Murray really be guarding Steph Curry? Now, I know the Golden State Warriors are going to try and switch Steph Curry onto Keegan Murray or uh, any bigger defender that they possibly can that Curry can go up against. And maybe the Kings are game planning for that. But I have to imagine in a straight five-on-five defensive assignments, at least with the starting lineup, Keegan Murray is not going to get the assignment of chasing Steph Curry around the perimeter, is he? You know, I, I was actually thinking about this today. Like Draymond Green, who he's naturally going to match up with at the four, Draymond Green might actually be a really good defensive assignment for Keegan right out of the gate. Like, think about this a little bit. And this is not disrespectful to Draymond Green, or it's not intended to be. Maybe he or others would take it that way. But Draymond Green is not that difficult of a cover. Now, Draymond Green does excellent work for his teammates, setting his teammates up as a passer and as an off-ball screener and, 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 and whatever. But Draymond Green is not going to kill you from the perimeter. He's not going to kill you by putting the ball on the floor. So if, if Keegan Murray is lining up against Draymond Green, he can sag off a little bit. It doesn't have to be too worried about Draymond Green's jump shot by any means. And he's not going to be isolated or targeted as much as... I believed he would be coming into this playoff series. Now that doesn't mean that again, teams are going to try and run pick and rolls and force Keegan uh, to switch off of Draymond and onto whoever that ball handler is, especially if that ball handler is Steph Curry. And again, maybe that's what DeMontis Sabonis is alluding to in this clip, but I think Draymond Green would be the right 
defensive assignment for Keegan Murray right out of the gate, even if uh, Green might be able to outmuscle Keegan a little bit. At that point, you can help him out and bring over a double team if you really want to, or say, hey, Keegan, you got to learn how to stand your ground when it comes to uh, when Draymond and him trying to back you down. But if DeMondis Sabonis is alluding to what the expectation is, which is Keegan Murray guarding Steph Curry, don't know quite how I feel about that. Speaking of Steph Curry, uh, this this video and footage comes uh, from our, our sister station down in uh, San Francisco at ABC7. Uh, they sent us a couple clips, one from Steve Kerr, one from Steph Curry. And the one from Curry is, is him talking about the Kings and um, kind of sharing what the Golden State Warriors should expect from the Kings uh, in game one. I think there, uh, I mean, there should be confidence um, and excitement for them because they've done something that hasn't been done in their franchise in a long time. And, you know, they've invested a lot into that 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 journey. Um, but we all know playoffs are different. And it's just, again, you just got to win four games and win them however you can. And, you know, we're we're excited about the opportunity we have in front of us. And, you know, got to expect that they're going to come out playing, and, you know, extremely well because they've shown that they're a good team uh, all season. And, you know, we, we want to, you know, be ready for that challenge. Finally, Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr was asked about the time that he spent working with Mike Brown uh, in, uh, in Golden State. And, and Steve had, of course, a lot of nice things to say about Coach Brown. Uh, yeah, we texted, um, you know, when the matchups came out. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I think every, every, um, everybody on our building just feels um, so happy for Mike and strongly about, um, you know, what he did for us while he was here, how much he contributed to our championships here and our culture. And, um, you know, I learned so much from Mike and, and – um, it was just a great, great partnership, and um, so we miss him. But we're we're thrilled that he's had this amazing season. And um, as I said the other day, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if he didn't win the Coach of the Year award. He he deserves it. He and his staff have been incredible. So, um, and now here we are going against each other. So it's uh, you know you you express your your love for each other, and then you know the gloves come off, and you, know, you wait until after the series ends to to communicate again. So that's that's how it works. So we also learned today the full playoff schedule for the Sacramento Kings and Golden State Warriors. Of course, we know on Saturday night, uh, the Kings will uh, host the Golden State Warriors, a 5.30 tip-off for that one. Then Monday and Thursday, those are games, excuse me, games two and game three. So game two in Sacramento will be on Monday night, a seven o'clock tip-off uh, as per usual, that game on TNT, game three. Thursday, so a couple days off in between uh, the the uh, games in Sacramento and the games in Golden State. Thursday, 4:20, uh, which I'm sure will be interesting in San Francisco. Uh, the uh, Kings and Warriors will meet for Game Three inside the Chase Center. That's also a seven o'clock tip on TNT. Then on Sunday, April 23rd, so there'll be two days off between Games Three and Game Four. A early game, the Kings and Warriors at Chase Center. A 12. 30 tip in the afternoon. So be ready for some matinee basketball. That game will be on ABC. And then if we get to games five, six, and seven, game five will be in Sacramento on Wednesday, uh, the 26th. Friday, the 28th will be game uh, six in Golden State. And then game seven, if it goes that far, will be Sunday, the 30th uh, of April. Uh, times to be determined 
uh, for tip-off on all three of those games. So we'll have to wait and see. Again, my prediction is this game or this series is going to go six or seven games. I just feel like it is going to regardless uh, of who wins. But, of course, we'll have to wait and see. Coming up in just a second, my uh, in-studio ABC10 uh, roundtable with some of my colleagues about uh, this uh, th- this playoff uh, series coming up before that. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you uh, by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, and it's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know what part will fit, or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Those of you who have listened to Locked on Kings this season know how special of a year it has been for me, this also being my first full year working at ABC10 in the sports department. And it's fitting in so many ways for the Sacramento Kings to make the playoffs for the playoffs to be against the Golden State Warriors, and for that game one to be this Saturday on our airwaves at ABC 10. So I thought, you know what? I got to get my crew. I got to get my guys in here to help me out. My partner, Kevin John, in the ABC 10 Sports Department. Walt Gray, who not only is our lead anchor uh, in in the mornings, but Walt has a history of of covering Sacramento Kings basketball, covering sports in Sacramento in general. And we're going to jump right into, I was a kid the last time the Kings made the playoffs. I was 12 years old. So I have a completely different perspective. (laughs) Exactly. Walt, Kevin, you guys were in the area or around the area, you understood what this meant to the city yeah. at that time. Do you have expectations of things repeating like, for example, the, the Rattle Seattle series when uh, that ovation that the Kings got when they took the Florida Arco yeah. Arena for the first time? Do you expect things to repeat themselves or do you expect things to be different this time because it's been so long? Uh, first of all, I, I was not living here. I was living in Georgia the last time the you know the Kings were in the playoffs, so I missed uh, yeah. all of that stuff. So, so maybe I, you shouldn't say anything about it. Then. You know, but well, I think I am still going to take this though. So yeah, I was out of the state the last time the Kings were in here. He's a Stockton native. He's yeah. a Stockton I am a Stockton native. Yeah. Moved out of Stockton in 2000. Mm-hmm. So pretty much when I moved out, the Kings became extremely yeah. good. So you good need timing. to leave exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll just come back after this. <laughs> time. Right. See you later, Perfect. See you, Kevin. But no, really, the, the thing I want to say in regard to that you said once they took the floor for that first time in arco arena Mm -hmm. and the thunderous applause yeah my issue with this and i shouldn't say my issue but just my thing with uh this particular series after the 16 season 17 year playoff drought is i don't think the reception will be the same this time around because of the opponent they're taking on in the first round i think if they were taking on let me explain i think if they were taking on any other opponent out of the western conference in the first round you would hear that thunderous um uh, exuberated, excited applause from the Kings fans in Golden One Center on Saturday when they took the when they take the court. But because they're going against a Golden State Warriors team who has a significant amount of fans, not just who are going to travel over here, but in this region, we saw it when we were at Golden One Friday night, and it sounded Walt, no, no lie, for a minute it sounded like it was Chase Center in there because there mm. were so many yeah. Golden State Warriors fans yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. So yes, to answer your question, Matt, there's a level of excitement. Uh, let's not deny that it's been 16. Uh, seasons since the Sacramento area has seen their team in the playoffs. So, of course, you're going to have natural excitement, but because they're taking on Golden State, who has a significant fan base in the Sacramento area, I don't think it can be what it would be 
had they were taken on the Clippers in the first round, the Pelicans in the first round, Minnesota in the first round? I think it's going to be super loud. And I was in the crowd in that last playoff game when they hosted Seattle because the Kings had won a game up in Seattle at the time. So coming back, George Carl was coaching Seattle at the time. The team came out for the opening warm-ups, and they played the boys are back in town. And I have never in my life, and I've been to a game or two, heard loudness like that. Mm -hmm. They say sometimes it's so loud you can't even think mm -hmm. or hear yourself think. That crowd that night was as crazy. We were like, you guys are home. We're going to be crazy. We were, our emotion is going to try to push you to a victory. To Kevin's point, the crowd will be mixed uh, Saturday. Of course, there's going to be Warrior fans here. Obviously, some King, King season ticket holders or maybe, you know, who are allowed extra tickets are going to put those up on mm -hmm. Ticketmaster or whatnot. Warrior fans are going to grab those. So, of course, there's going to be Warrior fans there. But it's going to be super loud. And, 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 I will, and I will tell you why the arrival that you guys covered at the airport the other night. Mm. If mm. I'm a Kings fan or a potential free agent and I see all of those people at the airport to welcome me home, mm. I'm thinking that's a college vibe I want a piece of. And I think that that's a good re Look at our fans. They'll be at an airport at midnight to welcome you guys back. Where does that happen? Atlanta? No. Anywhere? No, it doesn't. That's what's unique about the fan experience here. What you're speaking to is something that De'Aaron Fox has talked a lot about. He talks about and compares Sacramento fans to his time at Kentucky. Yes. And how the fan bases are very similar. You're talking college about kind of that atmosphere. college atmosphere. And mm -hmm. he's talked about uh, wanting throughout his career to be part of the team that brings playoffs back because that's the expectation. The reality is if we talk about ticket prices, Sacramento, the get-in-the-door price as of right now is around $400 to get into game one. Yeah. Very expensive. One of the most expensive tickets in the history of, of uh, NBA sure. playoffs. That demand is being driven up not just because of Warrior fans who want to get in the building. That demand is being driven up by Sacramento Kings fans who are coming back and are wanting to be there as well. I think one thing that's misconstrued, I understand exactly what you're saying, Kevin, about the Warrior fans that are going to be in the building. Warrior fans aren't the only ones with cars. Like, Sacramento Kings fans are also going to be traveling to Chase Center, which oh. is actually, at this point in time, the cheaper ticket. Too. Yeah. So, I don't know if, if, if people are looking at it as an advantage or not. It's certainly going to have an impact on the atmosphere, but it feeds into the college sure. atmosphere like you're talking about, sure. where every single bucket, there's going to be cheering, there's going to be jeering, and I think that adds to the atmosphere more than takes away. Oh, yeah. It, let me be very clear. I didn't mean it in the sense that you're not going to hear as many cheers or it's not going to be as loud because there's going to be a whole lot of Golden State Warrior fans there. If anything, I think the Golden State Warrior fans and the Kings fans together are just going to allow to the decibel level of it. What I meant by that is not you're not going to hear all 18,351 fans in Golden One Center going um, yeah. in an uproar for the Kings. I got what you're that, saying. That's exactly. Yeah. But yeah. yes, it's going yeah, to be loud as heck. Yeah, yeah no, you made sense. I, it, it's true. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of visiting team fans there, mm -hmm. and they're not going to be cheering for the Kings. <laughs> right? I mean, that's a fact. Well, one of the ma major differences from the last time the Kings were in the playoffs mm -hmm. to where we're at uh, at now is they were playing in a building in Atomas, Arco Arena. Very mm -hmm. fond memories of that building. Loved that building. Basically a second childhood home of mine. Mm -hmm. Out there in the fields, right? Now you've got the Golden One Center in the center of downtown Sacramento. So I'm curious to see the biggest difference for the city is what does it look, side, look like outside the arena? We're going to have 18,000 people. Kings fans, Warrior fans, doesn't matter. 18,000 people are going to be in the arena. But downtown Commons is set up to allow for fans. The Kings are already doing watch parties like that. 
the ho- restaurants, bars, hotels around the area. Yeah. I think the buildup almost to game one over the course of this yeah. week and even Saturday morning up until tip-off at 5.30, we're going to see a downtown element that the city dreamed about when they built or planned the arena that is finally maybe coming to fruition. I think that's a good point. And, and I think Warrior fans and Kings fans will mingle okay together. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. that there's... There really hasn't been a rivalry. So I think the fans will be, like, decked out. It's going to be fine. It's not like, you know, Detroit fans coming into Boston in the 80s <laughs> where it's on. Mm-hmm. Any The fans are on each, on each other. This is not – I don't think these two fan bases are like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fine. Yeah, at least for the most part, at least from my experience, I've seen both fan bases really classy with one another, even yeah. though there is that intense, you know – opposition and just competitiveness against one another. Now, granted, too, Walt, we've never seen both of these teams in the postseason at the same time. Better yet, they've never met in the postseason before. So that may intensify, obviously, the fan bases between each one. Because even now, well, you know, like I was telling Matt last night, I've been looking at Twitter, and I know Twitter is never the best place to go when you're trying to uh, get the feel or the mood of uh, the anticipation of uh, of an event. But there's been a lot of trash talk going on Twitter, That's and okay. there's been a lot of Kings fans, vehemently, basically, or excuse me, Warriors fans, saying, Warriors, we're already looking to our round two opponent. We're already looking ahead to round two because we know the Kings do not stand a chance to us. And I've seen a lot of Kings fans clap back on social media. So while I do believe that both fan bases are pretty classy, since this is their first playoff meeting, sure. I do think there might be a little bit of a the, intensity. The Kings have to earn respect. Mm-hmm. And I think right now the Warriors have won so many world championships yeah. and they're favored heavily to beat the Kings yeah. in this series, which is pretty amazing. I, I think the Warrior fans are like kind of this to the Kings. <laughs> you know, until you get out of the, uh, you know, what, the, the crib... <laughs> Right? <laughs> Literally a crib, you know, you're not going to be taken seriously. I think Kings fans want to be taken seriously, their team seriously right now. This has to be earned. Mm-hmm. And this series shows if they're if this is their time or not. But Warrior fans is like, whatever. They're well, just making noise. You absolutely have to prove it on the playoff yes. stage. Like, mm-hmm. no, nobody doubts that. And and I think it's used over overly as a cliche now. Playoffs are different than regular season is. Mm-hmm. Of course, the intensity level is higher. Defense yeah. is more intense. It's easier to play defense for a seven-game series than it is to get up and play defense 82 games a year when opponents are changing yes. every single day. Mm-hmm. So I understand the differences between playoff basketball and regular season basketball. However, that doesn't mean we take everything that the Kings did during the regular season and throw it out. You talk about the Kings being potentially underdogs or are underdogs, yeah. heavy favorites. That's a position they're more than comfortable being in. It's a position that they've been in all season oh, yeah. long to where they've proven time and time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just been different. They got off to the hot start. Oh, this is cute. They're, they're right. hot. They're going to slow down. They get to the all-star break. Oh, the, all these teams have made deals. The Kings are going to fall apart now that these games matter. They handle that uh, as well as they did. They secure a third seed. It's just the goalposts keep moving, which I understand. Again, you have to prove it. But to me, you're putting the Sacramento Kings in a position that they've been in all season long and they've proven they were able to overcome. Well, the advantage to being in that position is guess what? The Kings have no pressure on them coming into this playoff series the way that Golden State does. And to, it, it's ironic for me to say that because obviously the Kings are the third seed, the Golden, Golden State is the sixth seed, so typically you think the third seed with home court advantage has all the pressure on them. This series is not that way. And part of the reason why is, like you said, nobody's expecting the Kings to just come through the uh, uh, in this playoff round to just demolish the Golden State Warriors. We know the Golden State Warriors pedigree. We know the four championships they've won in the last, what, six years, seven years, whatever it is. 
Um, we know their makeup. They're the defending, uh, um, defending champs. Mm. So they don't have as much pressure coming into this. Um, or excuse me, they have much more pressure coming into this to Sacramento Kings. So I think that underdog mentality that you're talking about, um, really the Kings can use to their advantage and benefit. We've seen the Kings in pressure situations this year when pressure was on them. They did not rise to the competition. One was two weeks ago, their home game against Minnesota, where they had an opportunity to clinch a playoff berth on their home court. And then we saw it again two weeks, uh, a week and a half later when they had the opportunity to clinch the division title and didn't do that. So I almost feel when the Kings are in pressure situations and these Kings, the 2022-23 Kings, they don't necessarily play up to their ability. So I like, if I'm a Kings fan, I like the fact that they're the underdog. I like the fact that nobody's giving them the benefit of the doubt because they have nothing to lose. They have no pressure on them. They can go and basically prove the doubters, the naysayers, the haters wrong like they've been doing all season. Nobody had the Kings at the number three seed at this point in time and in the end of the regular season this year. I think what Kevin is trying to say, <laughs> this is gravy. We, everybody should relax and celebrate the season that the Kings just had, mm. finishing third in the Western Conference, okay? And this is why Monty has built this so slowly, mm. right? That's why there wasn't a big trade at the All-Star break or any major things going on. There was one focus this year. The focus was to not just get in the play-in, but to make the playoffs in legit. Anything that happens from here on out is gravy. It's gravy on the biscuit, right? It really, in the off-season, now we start to think about, okay, can we, we're going to build a team to win the West. Mm -hmm. And maybe next year, a team that could win the NBA championship. And that's part of Monty. Everybody chill out, man. I'm not going to make deals for the sake of making deals. This is the plan. We're following the plan. It would be great to beat the Warriors, right? But... We're in gravy mode. If it doesn't happen, it's building slowly. Yeah, the term that I've used is playing with house money. And yes. to be fair, Mike Brown is trying to establish championship tendencies in this team right now. This team is operating with the belief that they're going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. They're going to make it to the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. You want them to think Good. that way whether Good. they actually make mm -hmm. it or not. From my perspective, though, what I'm looking forward to most, win or lose, is we're going to get four games of context. Context that we've never had or we haven't had in 16 years and some of these guys have never had we're going to see if De'Aaron Fox is that guy we're going to see if DeMontis Sabonis can be that Robin to Fox's Batman we're going to see if the supporting cast that Mike uh, Monty has put together is really a cast that's capable I think back to when the Kings got into the playoffs and, and played against the Utah Jazz they won a game against the Utah Jazz and then got wiped the rest of the series essentially but we exited that series or Kings fans exited that series going okay we belong here and the next year, True. the Kings built upon that, beat the Utah Jazz, and, and put on those those 2002 runs and, and the deep runs that they. Yeah. So, will this be a run where the Kings lose in the first round of the Warriors, but we say, okay, How'd it look? we belong here? Yeah. Or is there, oh man, we still have these massive holes? Or, no, this team is better than even we expected, and they're making it two, three rounds deep. Yeah. I think, honestly, if the Sacramento Kings get swept in this first round, Ooh. and keep in mind that's with home court advantage, of Ooh. course. I think that's a really ugly, terrible taste in your mouth to end the, to end the uh, season, mm -hmm. to go out that way. Mm -hmm. The reason I say that is, okay, we can look at what the Kings have done this season. They historically had the best offense ever as far as points per game. But their defense has been absolutely gutter 
for this. It's been gutter the last several years. It was dead last in what, 2021 and 2022. So my issue, and I'm looking at that, and I'm holding Mike Brown accountable because I remember that's the one thing that he said when he came into this uh, team. He straight up said, if you don't play defense, you're not going to be on the floor. And he has not been held accountable in that respect. Now, obviously, no one thought the Kings, hold on, Matt. No one thought the Kings was going to ha- were going to have the number one offense in the league. So when you have such a great offense, you can hide behind that if you have poor defense, which the Kings have been able to do this year. But when you go against a team like Golden State, your vulnerabilities are going to be exposed. Uh, you, what you're weak at, the other team is going to taste blood and sense that, and they're going to be able to exploit that. So my whole thing is, if they do get swept in this first round, particularly due to poor defense, then yeah, that's terrible, and Mike Brown needs to be held accountable because he's the one yeah. who was supposed to bring in this defensive mindset that was going to change the culture. Okay, so what I think you're going to see from the Kings in the postseason is their fourth quarter defense this year mm. because they were ranked seventh in the league, something like that. In the top ten. With, yes, in fourth quarter defense. Your fourth quarter defense is your playoff defense. I think they're going to step up, and they know these games are intense. They're an offense-first team. They're like Loyola Marymount with Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball. All the focus was on offense. All the focus was on outscoring your opponent by two. If it was 165 to 163, that's a W. So what? We gave up 163. We won the game. I think you're going to see the Kings really lock it down. And I think Mike has been making some moves, especially like with Alex Len getting extended minutes. Because Mike Brown knows in the postseason – People like Alex Len are going to be needed in certain matchups, and certainly you're going to need a big. I was wondering, where's Alex Len all year? And then, lo and behold, the last 10 games, mm-hmm. it's been mostly Alex Len. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a reason for that, because I think it's all part of a defensive plan he has. He's not some chump like you say, but I think well, that, <laughs> I think he, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, think, I think the defense is going to step up, and people aren't aren't thinking that mm-hmm. that all year long they've just been I think you're going to see their fourth quarter defense. See, I think I think the defense is being blown way out of proportion. I really do. Because defensively <laughs> we're talking about a team that is not good. Nobody's going to claim the Sacramento Kings are good, but we're talking about a Golden State Warriors team that is not good either. The Golden State mm-hmm. Warriors gave up one less point per yeah. game than the Sacramento Kings and yeah. one point is the difference of five or six spots in a defensive ranking. So one point is not that big of a deal. The strength of the Golden State Warriors falls on how they can score. The Sacramento Kings can beat the Golden State Warriors at their own game. The Kings can outscore the Warriors point. if they yeah, have to. That's a fair point. Yeah. Now, should they always rely on that? No. And like we've discussed, and, and while they're going to have poor shooting too. Okay. They're going to have poor shooting nights for sure. They're also going to have nights where there's two minutes left and the game is tied. That's a position that the Warriors have been in on that stage that the Kings haven't been in. Yes. And we don't have the context Huge. to be able to say confidently Good point. the Kings can handle yeah. that. That's, so that's a different, I, that's that's a different hot light than uh, post Postseason, two minutes left. Right. Curry and Thompson aren't even cracking a sweat. So De'Aaron exactly. Fox is the clutch player of the year this year. He looked excellent in that time. Does he elevate that to the, we'll the next stage? Exactly. This we'll is see. the context that we well, need to get. But I point. think so many people take the Kings' defense and use that to undermine what they do yeah. offensively when the Kings' offense has turned the best defenses in the Western Conference into statistically the worst. The Phoenix Suns are the best defense in the Western Conference, the fourth best defense in the NBA period. The Sacramento Kings, when they played them, put up 122 points per game 
which would make them 29th. Right. The Kings' offense is so good that it can negate defense. And we remember, this: the NBA today is an offensive-driven league. Of I understand yeah. defense wins championships, that cliche. Defense yeah. is important in the playoffs. But the Kings' defense isn't so bad that it negates the offense, just like the Warriors' defense isn't so good that it negates the Kings' yeah, offense. I, th I think, and Kevin's probably going to say this, that defense is extremely important in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. That's where you're going to see absolutely uh, in, in every team. And that's why somebody like an Alex Len may come in with nine seconds left. And yeah. now he's kind of gotten his sweat. Mm -hmm. And now he's ready to go. But it'll be a, an open, crazy game. But I do think in the last two or three minutes, the Warriors know how to lock that yep. down on yep. both sides. And the Kings are a question mark. Mm -hmm. We think they'll do it. We have to see it. Well, here's another thing too, Kevin. Yeah. And we talked about this too. If the Kings go down 0-2 in a series or they're down by a game, we don't know if they're going to panic or not. We know for the fact with the Golden State Warriors, if the Kings win the first two games of the series and the Warriors go 0-2 back to Golden State, they're not going to panic. No, they're not. That's another element of it, too. They're home. Yeah, they, they, they've been there. And just to kind of piggyback off of that, like we've been saying throughout this whole conversation, they had the experience. They've been there. They, they, they know what it takes to win a championship. Yep. So I think that is what is going to hurt the Kings in this particular moment. They don't know what it's like. Uh, we just saw, what was that, five years ago, uh, Golden State was down 3-1 to one to the Oklahoma City Thunder in the Western Conference Finals. And then they come back and then um, go into the NBA Finals where they lose to the Cavaliers after being up 3-1. But still, they've been in these situations. Sure. They know what it takes. The Kings will likely, or I shouldn't say will likely because I don't know, but the question is, will they panic in this situation if the Kings lose both of their home games oh, to start close. the series? You can't go 0-2 yeah. back to San Francisco. Correct. I think, yeah. I think they have to win both games. I do. They I do have too. to win both at mm -hmm. home uh, because I'm not assuming they're going to win any the next two in, in San Francisco. And they need That's a hard building to win. They in. need to hold home court. And mm -hmm. if they lose game one, I'm thinking there's trouble. They, if they lose the game Saturday, there's... To me, there's a problem here. I, I think it depends on what game two looks like. And, and the reason I say that is because the Sacramento Kings have shown an ability all season long to respond to bad losses. Mm -hmm. They haven't lost three straight since November. So they've done a really, really good job of cutting off losing streaks before yeah. they happen. This team has responded really well. So what do they look like in, in game two? They lose game one, which I hope they don't, of course. But they lose game one. They come out in game two, and they're down 10 nothing at the beginning of the game. Okay, now panic buttons are starting to be hit a little bit, even though this Kings team can close the gap really, really quickly. But Sacramento's shown an ability. I think they're, they've, even though they don't have playoff series experience, they've shown flashes of being able to handle yeah. the ups and downs of a series. And I think the fact that Mike Brown comes from the championship sure. Warriors just last year <laughs> helps with that a lot. Yeah, we could it, be overemphasizing... The, you know, the fact that they haven't been in the playoffs before. And mm -hmm. we've talked about this so many times with other sports. It's like, well, this team has five seniors starting and all <laughs> of the NCAA tournament experience mm -hmm. against these. And it's like, it goes the other way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it ne you never can lock anything down, right. although we are on locked on. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Yes, and I, and I, I locked on. It, when do we get the gear, by the way? I don't know. I need to talk Wait to a minute. I'm okay without it. I'm just <laughs> Who's doing the T-shirts here? <laughs> well, on fire tonight. No, I um, hope, well, on today. But the thing I was going to say, and just to kind of piggyback off what, what Walt said, I do think game one is critical for the Kings. I think it's absolutely critical that they come out and win that first game and set the tone early on in the series. If they lose game one, I think it's, it's I don't want to say impossible, but I say there's a 95% chance they don't come back and win the series. Just because... So many people are going to be looking at that. And think about to the players on the Kings, what that does to them mentally, psychologically, when you let the defending champs come into your and building, game one, and then beat you on your home court.
This episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Of course, with all the great NBA playoff action, you can jump in there as well. That's because right now, new customers can get uh, a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. What that is is you bet on your, you make your first gamble, your first bet, and you happen to lose. Don't worry about it. You're not just going to lose your money and have to deposit more or just quit and never play again. They will give you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets for you to make that money back and make even more money on top of that. It's like an insurance policy completely free. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. The expectation, I believe, is that the Golden State Warriors are going to walk into the Golden One Center, are going to walk into this game and go, we're the dynasty, yes. you're, the, you're the fun and little clearly. story, and we're going to show you clearly. completely right then and there. Yeah. And I think anybody who has that expectation, one, hasn't been paying close, close enough attention to Kings basketball this season, number one, which I don't necessarily blame based off how the last 16 years have gone, and number two is... I think they're in for a rude awakening. That's the thing is I think the Sacramento Kings are more than capable of surprising a lot yeah. of people and will surprise a lot of people with how they play. Yeah. The Golden State Warriors put up a 55-point first, first quarter, quarter. Uh, against the Portland Trailblazers the other day. Who That's, was Portland playing, though? Exactly. But no they, one. They were, Regardless. Yeah. They, don't, they don't care. But it's based off, like, Clay Thompson caught fire in that oh, first he went quarter. Off, yeah. Okay, well, he had a lot of open looks. Exactly. He's going to hit every open look where there's nobody within 10 feet of him. So the Warriors are <laughs> capable of exploding offensively Truly. at any given time. So are the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings scored four. 43 points against the Denver Nuggets in the first quarter. Well, Denver uh, wasn't playing Houston. anybody. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't. <laughs> the last My few po- games are like JV games. Right. Right. Yeah. The point is, the Golden State Warriors can explode and have an incredibly good offensive quarter, and the Kings will still be within 11, 12 points. But Matt, that's exactly why I said, just to kind of bring this home earlier on, why I do think it's going to come down to defense. Because we know that both of these teams can score the rock. I think every game this series is going to be in the 120s, 130s scoring rise. We know that both of these teams can score, and they can score in similar ways, which is behind the arc. We understand that. But that's why I keep saying I do feel that the X factor, per se, or what this game is going to come down to is defense. And I feel that the Warriors have the edge when it comes to that versus the Sacramento Kings. Well, then the Kings should have the edge offensively because they're historically the best offense in NBA history, which is undeniable at this point. Plus, what gives the Sacramento Kings the edge, in my opinion, Walt, is the Kings have a loaded roster of different guys that can beat you. They have to be worried about DeMondis Sabonis because there's nobody on that Warriors roster that can handle Sabonis. No, nobody. Nobody can. De'Aaron Fox as well. Yeah. But guys like Kevin Herter, Keegan Murray, all, yeah. any guy can go off at any given time that the Warriors have to keep an eye on. If those role players aren't hitting their shots, the Kings are in trouble. But if they are, you can't stop this team. They've won game after game after yeah. game with six or seven players in double yeah. figures. I th- I'm glad you mentioned Sabonis because I. it's been a long time since I've seen anybody like him. There's a guy who does not take any plays off. Uh, we, we call him Junkyard Dog at home. You know, and I had to show the kids the real Junkyard Dog wrestler. And I said, this is who Sabonis is. And, uh, and, and this is a guy who I think if he wants to change it up in the postseason, look for his shot first. I think most defenders know when he dribbles down, he's a pass-first guy. But I think if he – and he has a lot of open looks. He is – too unselfish Mm -hmm. does that make sense he i mean shoot the ball dude you're open but he's such a team guy and again if if he looks for his shot i don't think the defense is going to be figuring on shot first and that might open up the passes 
Let's take it back to this team and the last team that made the playoffs. It's been since then, probably the Peja Bibby, not Weber because he was hurt, but Peja Bibby, Vlade, Pollard. Those guys passed like this team passes, Mm -hmm. especially with Sabonis to the cutting herder. Mm -hmm. Those two have some kind of Jedi mind thing going on now. (laughs) Um, And that's refreshing to see because I watch Boston a lot and I uh, grew up as a Celtics fan, their offense is a, is a mess. Mm-hmm. All it is is Jason Tatum launching threes. <laughs> that guy has the ability to go to the hole anytime he wants. Uh, the Kings team, pass first, cutters. It's like watching Princeton play under Pete Carrill back in the day. Yeah. That's not what NBA teams do. It's very much dribble, 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 shoot. Mm-hmm. Kings is very refreshing to watch. Which is why I really think we have to question defensively how the Warriors are going to be able to handle that because right. that, that Warriors roster does have some good, solid defenders. There are going to be times when Gary Payton is thrown, uh, Gary sure. Payton the second mm-hmm. is going to be thrown yeah. on De'Aaron Fox. But Steph Curry is not a good defender. And is Steph Curry going to be chasing Fox? Is he going to be chasing Herter? Because whoever Steph Curry is on, they will make him run with the dribble handoffs yeah, and things like that. Yeah, let's wear him out. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's, so it's going to be, again, that's the context of how the Warriors are going to be able to Agreed. respond to this. Again, they're the defending champs, so you have to give them the benefit of the doubt that yeah. they'll find some way to overcome it. But I, I would love to see 35 minutes of Steph Curry chasing whoever his assignment yeah. is because they will run him. Well, of course, and, and, and we're saying that Steph Curry, whoever's going to be on him, sure. they're going to be tired out as well because we know how much off-the-ball movement Steph Curry does in order to get his shots sure. and be able to get his So I feel but like that, that's expected from the Warriors. Like, we we go come in knowing that that's the expectation. I don't think people are expecting the Sacramento Kings to do the same thing and be capable of beating the Warriors at that same game. Steph Curry can win a game by himself. We know Stick that. off night We've on him for 12 minutes here and there, <laughs> yeah. right? I well, mean, see, we, we can break it up a little bit, right? Davion is a really good on-ball defender. My concern with Davion is I don't feel he's the best off-ball defender. He gets beat a lot on backdoor cuts and things of that sort. So he's great if the ball, if he, if he's, if if Curry has the ball and he's on you, absolutely. He's there's a reason they call him off night. My concern off-ball and Steph Curry is someone who runs so much, literally so around in a circle. You're saying so. off night, off the ball is a problem. They, they, okay, way that's, to bring it on. Okay, okay. so. <laughs> That's poetic. The reality um, is, like, Steph Curry's going to get his. He is. Mm-hmm. Are the okay. other Warriors going to beat you? Are you going to allow Jordan Poole mm-hmm. to beat you? Klay Thompson can get hot at any time. Klay Thompson loves playing against the Kings. He just loves playing against He always plays well against the Sacramento Kings. But if Steph, Clay, and Poole, or Wiggins is coming back, we don't know what he's going to look like, but mm-hmm. Wiggins was excellent for them in the playoffs last year. Wiggins. Are three different Warriors <laughs> going to team up and beat you? Mm. Because if they do, then they can score with you. Yep. But if they don't, you can, you're five guys scoring... 15 to 20 points can outscore Steph and Clay going for 30. Mm-hmm. But then you're also assuming that no one else on the Warriors lineup is going to step up and have a big game. We saw in the playoffs last year, Kevon Looney had like a few 2012 games. Sure. We saw, um, uh, well, of course, Wiggins, who we don't know who he's going to be. But then also look at the other people that they've been inserting this year. Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, um, all of these guys off the bench who have actually been pretty solid and have had points or points of greatness so you're, you're coming from the assumption that it's just going to be Poole, Thompson, and, and Steph who hurt the Kings when, in fact, you can look on the bench of the Warriors and say, okay, well, who's going to be the X Factor this game? Who's going to step up this game? So I think you kind of have to give them the benefit of the doubt in that same respect. No, I think we're saying the same thing. We're just saying it in yeah. different words. The Kings can't allow those Kamingos, those Moody's, and guys to beat them off the bench, and the expectation yeah. shouldn't be that they will beat them off yeah. the bench I because the that, Kings have the better depth. Yeah, I don't know Steve Kerr is actually drawing up plays for Kamingo or Moody. I think <laughs> they get a lot in garbage time, yeah, right. and that's, you know, 
it takes takes me kind of back to Dennis Rodman, who never had a play called for him. But you know, his his log <laughs> would be you know 40 minutes played, zero for zero from the field, 22 rebounds. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Right? Mm-hmm. He does the dirty work. Specific guys who are in to play defense, rebound, mm-hmm. and get some garbage points. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but I think you're right. Wiggins, Poole, Thompson, Curry. They're going to – those are the guys those you got to really sweat. The other are guys are going to get, get put backs and whatnot. But nothing Even DiVincenzo, you know, he's someone who's, sure. who's, who's as of recently has had some really good, 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 good games. And obviously the Kings know DiVincenzo very well. Yeah, and he'd love to burn us. Exactly. He he left here with a bad taste Mm -hmm. in his mouth. But you know what? He didn't shoot that well when he was Mm -hmm. here, and that's why they didn't really make a hard line on signing him. Mm -hmm. He was so-so in his time here, and they really coveted him. They tried to get him before, and then when they finally got him, we all thought he was going to stick. It just wasn't a good fit. But Mm -hmm. last year's team may have not been a good fit for anybody. Mm -hmm. Remember losing to Boston by like 60? I mean, last year's team was just awful. Maybe DiVincenzo would have done better with this year's team. I think he would have had some nice looks. Yeah. I think the reality of this season that's going to be made very, very clear immediately is that the Sacramento Kings are much more of a threat and much more of a challenge than maybe Golden State Warriors fans or maybe the NBA period sure. expects. Underestimated, man. That doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that they're going to win the series. It doesn't. The Warriors could still win the series. But I, I know Steve Kerr, and I know that Golden State Warriors team is not going to roll into Sacramento game one thinking about their game, round two opponent. I no, wish they would because the Kings no. would jump on them. J- just the not, Warriors fans are thinking about yeah, Exactly. That. <laughs> they're not going to do that. So we're not talking about the team undermining the Sacramento Kings necessarily. But people are still going to be surprised that this Kings team is as dynamic and dangerous as they are. And in many ways, I think the Kings present obstacles that the Warriors have never had to overcome in playoffs before when it comes to their offensive ability. I still think that nine-and-a-half point spread is insulting. And one of the best bets I ever saw was the over-under on wins at the start of the season. I think it was 34. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 34? They're going to win 40. Mm -hmm. And it's like I'm making phone calls like, you know, you can't make much to put much down to make on something like that. But that was a layup bet mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. that they were going to win more than 34 games. And so that's the national feeling about this team. And that may go into why the Kings are a nine and a half point underdog on their own floor, mm-hmm. having finished third versus the Warriors sixth, mm-hmm. and the Kings are at home. That spread doesn't make any sense unless these guys who are making the spread know something that we don't. Yeah. And I'm not sure that they do. We'll end with this. <clears throat> Instead of asking you for the broad, who do you think is going to win the series, let's just focus on game one because that's the buildup for this week. Mm. We're coming into, it's Sunday. It's the next day. Kevin, you and I are hosting a Toyota Sports Extra show. Yeah. Are we talking about a Kings win or are we talking about a Kings loss and why? You know, this is the thing. <laughs> you just say it, man. This is the thing. It's you want to say He said draw. Apparently. He's, no, he's <laughs> going to say that he, you already said that you don't think they're going to win. That's game okay. One. The expectation is that. I I, I told and this is like like I told you last night, Matt. I would love for nothing more than for me to be wrong, for the Sacramento Kings to absolutely take it to the Golden State Warriors and make them feel just say it. Make them feel less dead. But 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 I do not see the Sacramento Kings game one coming in and obliterating the Warriors on their home court. I I just don't see I think it's not gonna be a nine point. Well, um, win. Okay. Absolutely. I, I don't think it's going to be a nine-point win, but I do feel that the Golden State Warriors are coming in with a lot of confidence, a lot of swag as they should. They've earned that right. And the fact that they were like, we were just there playing on Friday. We have a lot of fans there. This is not a road game because we know how bad the Warriors have been on the road this year. What were they, like seven and, and, or eight and like 
40 or 30. I mean, they were horrific. They're not thinking about this as a road game for them. So I think, honestly, mm. mentally for them, they're thinking, okay, this is this is just up at 80. We have a lot of fans there. We're going to go in and take care of business. So you're taking the Kings with nine and a half. You've, you're going to take the bet. You're going to say the Kings are going to lose by less than nine and a half. They're going to lose by less than nine and a half. Okay, so he's yeah. taking the Kings in the points. So what I think is funny is the same way Kevin thinks the Warriors should take confidence from that final game in Sacramento is the reason why I think the Kings should take confidence from that game. Because the Sacramento Kings rolled out a, a lineup not featuring their two all-NBA, all-pro players and Kevin Herter, who's one of their most important shooters. And in two separate instances, they were down by 17 points in the first half, came back to got it within one, went down by 20 points in the third quarter. Before the end of the quarter, they were in single digits once again. And that was their second and third stringers doing that. I don't think the Golden State Warriors looked good at all in that game. They were think, bad that game. I think they were making a lot of mistakes. Now, I also expect them to look a lot better in this game because of yeah. the playoffs and what's on the line. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anybody, any Warriors fan, should be looking at what happened in game four of the uh, between these two teams this regular sure. season and say that gives me confidence when in game three the only time the kings and warriors matched up for real in sacramento the kings beat them and the warriors were at full strength in that game wiggins was playing i don't know if the kings can win this series but i feel very confident they're going to win game one at mm -hmm. home because this is a very important game to the kings mm -hmm. it's not that big of a game for the warriors mm -hmm. it really isn't mm -hmm. game one on the road they know they're going to have a two maybe three at home I think it's huge for the Kings, and I really feel good that they're going to win game one. The series, I have no idea. If this, as the series goes longer and longer, the Warriors probably have more of an advantage. Uh, I don't see the Kings winning in San Francisco, but I do see the Kings winning Saturday right here on ABC 10. Big thank you to Kevin and Walt for joining me here in the studio for that roundtable. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Kings practice availability will be also uh, in the morning tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, so we'll have probably another uh, a podcast uh, similar to this with uh, what's happening and, and news and notes and everything uh, from there. Any questions that you want uh, to ask me just about uh, this series or, or previewing this series, please send them to me at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me at gmail.com and leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section and down below. Appreciate your support as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.